0: Oh, hi ho officer.
1: We've had a doozy of a day. There we were, minding our own business. Just doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property.
0: What, well, were they psychos? Or? They looked like psychos? Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 360 men come out, the Sharks took the rest, June the 29th, 1945.
2: Well, what do we do? Why don't we just
0: wait here for a little while, see what happens?
2: Back to Death Rattle Horror Podcast. We are your damsels of darkness, your mistresses of the macabre. Join us as we guide you down into the depths. Tonight I've got with me Samara Hi. and Kate Elling. We also have a, another friend who is having uh, microphone issues, but will join us soon and. He's actually not a damsel, so switching it up a little. (laughs) I was
3: going to say, I was like, uh.
2: And we're all about equality. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Boys can be damsels if they want. I know. Uh, So tonight for our Halloween special, because I'm going to have this come out on Halloween, we are discussing that Halloween classic, not Halloween, Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> we watched. We discuss, or we watched, and we're going to discuss all four Evil Dead movies: Evil Dead One, Two, Army of Darkness, and Evil Dead Remake. I don't know about you guys, but uh, these movies, since I was probably like eleven, have always been just kind of something I watch around this time of year. Um, not every year, but most years, I'll watch one of the Evil Dead movies, and uh, so. For me, it just makes perfect sense for Halloween.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. These are some funky, funky movies. Um, Army, <laughs> it was funny because I saw Army of Darkness before I saw any of the other ones, so I always thought that that was the first one. Never, oh. maybe there were I never knew the other ones existed for a really long time just because I had seen Army of Darkness at, like, you know, 2 o'clock on the WB on a Sunday, you know, one of those, like, afternoon movies, and just fell in love with it. And it's always been one of those movies that – you know, if someone in my group of friends can quote it, we are much better friends because of that. And then at some point, somebody introduced me to the rest of the movies, and I was like, "Oh, okay, so this is, I actually started backwards." Okay, we're we're good, right? <laughs> Figured it out.
1: So. I, I started even more backwards than you. <laughs> um, I I saw the Evil Dead remake in ah. theaters in 2013. Hmm. I saw that first, and um, it was honestly one of the best uh, theater-going experiences I've ever had because there was a gr- I was with a big group of people, and there was another big group of people in front of us, and one of the guys was genuinely really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so he made a couple comments, not often enough for it to be annoying, but he would, like, every so often would comment on the movie, and it was what he would say was genuinely funny. And the only one that I can remember is when... Um, when the nerdy one is uh translating the book and uh (laughs) this guy was like oh this guy's writing a fucking novel over here (laughs) um but i I really liked it and i I was like okay well if i really liked this i'll probably like the originals uh not knowing that they were directed by sam raimi Mm -hmm. who i adore Mm -hmm, um and that they star bruce campbell i grew up watching xena warrior princess (laughs) And one of one of my first boners was probably for Bruce Campbell. <laughs> um, well, the first one was obviously for Lucy Lawless. But, uh, my second one was probably for Bruce Campbell. And uh, so I watched Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness all in one sitting. And I can't separate Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Yeah. Because they've just melded together in my yep. mind. They really The do. first one... The first one, um, for me, was a lot... Because I watched The Thing, like, a year ago for the first time. Mm -hmm. And Evil Dead is kind of the same for me in that I don't expect movies from the 70s to scare me or to gross me out. Mm -hmm. And both those movies really gross me (laughs) out. The Thing is, like, probably my favorite
2: horror movie. And it has held up so well because of the, like, physical effects. Like, um, Mm -hmm. I think it was, like, Stan Winston did yep. such a good job and it's like it's like a 35 year old movie and you can show it to any like 18 year old today and
1: they'll probably still think it looks pretty good, it, looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. it, it still looks amazing and the practical effects have really held up they're yeah, absolutely I, disgusting exactly. I, I meant to say practical effects but i said physical effects but either way yeah, same
2: difference.
3: you
1: know what i mean Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but even the same thing with the evil dead movies i mean The effects that don't necessarily hold up are some of the, um, like stop motion effects. But that's just, yeah, you can't have that type of stop motion effect on HD and have it really kind of hold up. But even the blood effects, the gallons upon gallons of blood that are in the first two movies, just you you can't replicate that. And I mean, even in the remake, they did a lot of practical effects in the remake, but there were also a lot. There was still CGI that had to Enhance a lot of those effects, but like there was the one thing with the girl who cut her arm off. That the arm falling off was a practical effect, but then when she's walking through the living room and the arm is dripping blood, that was CGI. I was like, wait a second. (laughs) You know, it 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 seems like in some of the in the remake, they decided to cheap out on some things when they didn't have to, or maybe they did just because they could. It was one of those things. But in the originals, like I, I read. Um, as on many of the podcasts I've been on, we've mentioned the fact that I've been in *Evil Dead* the musical like eighteen thousand times. <laughs> um, but <laughs> in that, in the musical, one of the props that we have is Bruce Campbell's book *If Chins Could Kill*. And I actually sitting backstage during you know the last production of the show I was in, I read the whole book cover to cover. Well, in between scenes, and he talks very in detail about how like that really infamous shot that they have of the evil thing coming through the Whole forest is basically a camera on a two by four, and they just ran it through the forest. So it's it was all it was very like guerrilla filmmaking for the first movie, and then the second movie was was a lot of ooh we've got money now let's make the movie we wanted to make originally, but we can't redo the exact same movie. We'll just make <laughs> you know, it a make it
2: a sequel it. slash remake. Yeah,
3: exactly, <laughs> and that's kind of it was like. What? But then they added all the humor into it, which. It's funny because I hadn't seen the first movie in a really long time so the, seeing the first movie again it, I forgot a lot of the things that happened in the second movie versus the first movie, first movie? and in the musical I know that's I know that script so well and it was a lot of the stuff that I remembered from the show is stuff that happened in the second movie but then there and there's direct lines that are pulled from the show like word for word and it's funny because a, there's entire scenes that are pulled from it and I didn't even notice that. That's but so funny. It's just, it, it's just, it's really funny. And, like, um, it it's really interesting to see the progression of the three different movies and then have the remake added on top of it. Because the remake really isn't a remake. It's really a sequel, when you think about it. Because they make references to the original movies a lot. The friggin' car is in the movie. Right, you know? yeah. So it's, like, it's really not a remake. It's really... You know, a continuation of the story of, of this cabin in the woods. So, I
2: don't know. I like them. The, the book was uh, so good. Um, I read it, I don't know, pretty much whenever it came out, like, 15 years ago, probably. Uh, and it's so, it's kind of inspiring, like, just a bunch of guys, like, none of them had, like, broken really into entertainment at all yet and, well, guys, young girls, and, like, just with, like, chutzpah and, like, ambition, like, they managed to make this, like, endearing cult classic that inspired hundreds of copycat movies, and, um, just using their, like, creativity and, like, a very small amount of money, (laughs) and, you know, it's, like, so many Cabin in the Wood movies have, like, based themselves around that, like, that concept ever since. Like, I don't know if there was anything like that before. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything that was like, I, I think they made it in like 79. Uh, but like so many ever since that just want to be that, but it was mm-hmm. so fresh and like, they really pioneered a lot of, uh, a lot of the things we see in horror movies to this day. Mm-hmm.
3: Like even the, the, the gore effects and the, the splatter effects and, things like that that was all I mean it wasn't necessarily they weren't the first ones to do like that amount of gore but they were definitely the ones to put be completely unapologetic about having five gallons of blood poured out on vomited out onto Bruce Campbell's face (laughs) you know they just were like yeah we've got we've got six gallons of blood in the back and we're just gonna let it go and then we've got four other barrels of blood back there too so let's keep going (laughs) you know But the stop-motion effects are really, really cool.
2: Mm -hmm. They really are, yeah. And, um, I mean, that's like a 40-year-old movie, and it's still, like, it doesn't look like it came out this year, but it still is, Yeah, it looks a lot better than a lot of other horror movies that came out in the 80s. Yes. Um, Even just, like, not even just effects, just, like, the the picture and the... um, everything about it like a lot of those old movies are just really dark and like you know they're pretty kind of hard to see what's going on and they're like not really what's the word the cinematography is not very good because they're just like cranking out a horror movie this movie they really put a lot of thought into it and like just the way they use the cameras and the angles and everything uh made it just so
1: unique absolutely and the amount of creativity that they put into that camera work you know having um like crew members running around with the camera on a piece of wood to keep it steady and um they mounted it to a bike for for one part and uh it's so it's just the way it's filmed is so unique and i I feel like so many movies since then the way that what do they call the entity the way that the camera movement um you know mimics the entity i i feel has been copied in so many films oh, yeah. now oh, yeah. but it's it's you know it's it's this it's a silly movie but it's also a really scary movie mm-hmm. and even as the later movies get sillier and sillier oh
2: all right everybody so our our uh honorary damsel of darkness has joined us say hello well don't say hello because you're talking to your fucking podcast app so allow us to introduce Chainsaw Pete hi Chainsaw (laughs) hi thanks for joining us for this uh discussion uh Chainsaw Pete is not a podcaster unless you're secretly a podcaster and just haven't told anybody but um you should be
0: yeah in my head
2: yeah well yeah we're all podcasters in our own heads um (laughs) because Chainsaw is like one of those People that I've come across, very few people I've come across that's as, like, sort of as passionate about movies as I am and, like, uh, you know, is just as into movies as I am and, like, you know, the rest of us are.
0: Yeah, horror movies were my first. I remember going to the video store as a kid and watching them on the shelf, the cover boxes, and horror is my favorite but I like all kinds of movies. I've always been into them.
2: I, When I was a little kid, I also I would go to the movie store, and I'd always see all these weird... You know, the 80s had a lot of weird, crappy horror movies. And there was a lot of really, like, um, eye-catching video, like VHS boxes. And I'd always see them and be like, oh, my God, I want to watch that. It is just like... Because it's like a bunch of little monsters or something on the cover. Like... Carrying a woman's body off, and I'm like eight, and I'm like, "That's what calls to me." <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's how I saw Pet Cemetery because I saw I was six and I saw Pet in the name. Had no clue what the hell <laughs> Cemetery was. And my grandmother was like, "All right, if you want to watch it, go
1: ahead." That's so funny. Uh, do you, <laughs> I'm still the same with horror movies. Like I, I'll just go through mm-hmm. streaming sites and I'm like, "Ooh, that," you know. That photo looks good. I'm gonna watch that. I've I've watched a lot of shit horror movies because of that. But uh, I've seen some. You guys ever? Sorry.
3: (laughs) I was gonna say that's the thing is that like the covers of the horror movies always are what drew you in. Yes. And it was like I I worked at Blockbuster for a decade and I was always in the horror aisle and that was always what was like oh what is it that cover of that looks so cool let me see what this is. You know, and then there were movies that had the coolest cover in the world and then you looked at the back and you were like oh right. yeah I'm not gonna watch that <laughs> you know it's like oh yeah but then like you look at other genres and you know they <laughs> for some reason my blockbuster had the horror movie section and the drama section right next to each other so you would like turn an aisle and all of a sudden it would be all these like soft focus covers
1: <laughs> it was really weird
3: But you can see, like, there was such a dramatic difference in between the different things. And like you said, like, it was the covers that drew you in. It wasn't necessarily always what the movie was about, but it was, like, Critters. I mean, that, Critters 3, the freaking cover, was the giant critter ball. Like, I was like, okay, I have to see this movie.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it seemed like they put a lot of effort into their covers, um, Mm -hmm. even if they didn't necessarily do the same effort for the actual movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that Evil Dead 2 has, Dead 2 has the most iconic yeah, cover it's of awesome. the three movies the, uh, the skull the, uh, with skulls. the eyeballs yes, yep. <laughs> yep.
2: did you guys yeah. ever like um, I personally you know I'd always see those movies as a kid my parents didn't always rent them all for me so as an adult I've come across some that I used to see at the video store and I end up watching them after you know having kind of wanted to see them as a kid and, like, um, you know, I'm either, like, yeah, that totally was worth it or that was an awful movie. Have you guys ever done that? Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially now, um, Roku just has a new app on there called the Vidmark app and it's a new channel on there and it's all old Vidmark movies. Vidmark was horrible with the amount of crap horror that they had on on their production list and it, my husband and i we were that's how we were watching the original evil dead because it was on there for free and i was like oh my god look at this movie they've got this they had like you know chud chud 2 <laughs> like they had some really bad movies on there but then on the other you've got the flip side of that where you've got like apps like shutter and even like things like amazon prime and netflix where there's a deep dive if you really deep dive into those apps you can find some really crap but you can also find some really cool, like indie horror movies. Yeah, definitely. So it, it's it's worth the dive sometimes into some of the the like, especially Shutter. Shutter is getting so much more content now, and they're and there it's for five bucks a month. You know, it's worth it. For I know three hundred movies that they currently have. You know,
2: so. yeah. I uh, my my TV is like not as smart as I'd like it to be, so I'm not able to really <laughs> watch. I'm not able to watch Shutter on there or. Um, I can't even access Netflix on there right now. I only have Vudu and Hulu, so I've only been using those. And Vudu has a really good horror movie selection, like Mm -hmm. hundreds of movies. And it's like, you look up, you think of a random weird horror movie from the 80s, and odds are that they probably have it, and it's probably like $2. Um, So I've been watching a lot on there, especially for this 31 Days of Horror that I'm doing. (laughs)
3: Yes, I've been enjoying that on Facebook. Yeah,
2: I've already watched like 18 movies. I'm like ahead by more than I probably should be, like for a sane person. (laughs) But there's been days where I've watched like three movies in a row, so they kind of just like, you know, add up pretty quick.
3: They blend together eventually.
2: Anyways, we should probably get to Evil Dead.
3: (laughs) So, Evil Dead, the original. Yes.
2: Let's hop in.
3: So I had forgotten how dramatic the original Evil Dead was like I, I, I because Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2 are so close together I tend to forget that the funny things like the lamp going up and down and th- and him laughing and the ha- and his hand getting cut off and that's all in the second movie, it's not in the first movie always forget that so watching the first movie it's so traditional horror movie Versus the second one is more comedy horror. So it's, it, it, but it's the same story. That's what, that's what always bothered me is that it's basically the same movie, but different.
2: Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, maybe they like just we're gonna throw like. throw <laughs>
3: di- one different character in there and then, oh wait, wait we got to throw like three different characters in there. Yeah. Maybe that's they just strange. like
1: watched the first one. That's what always is like. What was that? Oh, I was. Oh, I was just going to say, that's why the second one is always such a I confusing know. movie. Because you're like, because some people say it's a sequel. Some people say it's a remake. Some people say it's a parody of the first one. And uh, and it kind of is all of those things simultaneously. It's, uh, it's, I think they probably just like
2: figured out what worked in the first one. And like, okay, well, this isn't actually like really scary. But the like parts that are funny, like really work. So let's just lean in and like, um, yeah, totally made an iconic movie, which I mean, still in my head, if I think Evil Dead, I'm just thinking of the first one. But it's like Hmm. most of the stuff I'm thinking of is actually from the second one, like my favorite parts. Second movie, yeah. But it's like, yeah, they are pretty much like they should just be like all edited together in like one big movie. (laughs) Yeah,
3: because it was like. The first one, yeah, the regular movie, and then, you to, so you go through the whole movie in the first one, and then the second one, you had like, the first 20 minutes to a half an hour of the movie, is basically a recap of the first movie, minus every character except Linda and Ash. <laughs> it's like, where'd everybody else go? <laughs> like, where'd all, hello, where'd your sister go? She was in the basement. Like, what's going on? And then we introduce, like, all these other characters and stuff. But like you said, like, I, like we had both said, a lot of the stuff that you remember, like, all the stuff with his hand going bad and all of the really um, quotable lines are really from the second movie. They're not really from the first movie. They're from the second movie and from Army of Darkness. And it's like, and I don't want to belittle the first movie, because without the first movie, we wouldn't have the second or, or Army of Darkness, but it's such a 180 from the rest of the series that it's, it kind of threw me for a loop having, you know, re-watching it. I think I, I didn't re-watch it last year, but I think I watched it the year before for some, for something. But it was just such like a 180 having not watched it in a while and then being like, oh yeah, that happens in the next movie.
2: It would be so confusing <laughs> like going, to like watch it again, now. Like, When's his hand
3: gonna get cut off? <laughs>
2: wrong movie <laughs> it'd be it'd be confusing to come across these movies now and be like what is going yeah. on here like this wait, obviously isn't a sequel it's just like i mean i grew up watching those movies so it's like just kind of like you know it's just i'm used to it if you're like new into horror and you're like let's watch the sequel now and you're like wait this is like the same movie <laughs> yeah.
3: All of us who've seen it a million times, we're like, just go with it. Don't don't think about it too hard.
2: Don't, just accept <laughs> it. Um, there's going to be a third sequel, yep. but it's actually a sequel to the second one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Chainsaw. Just don't think about it. Tell us about your experience with this uh, series. There's...
0: My experience with the series, um, Oh, I don't remember the first time that I saw Evil Dead. I know it was at least 15 years ago. I originally remember... Evil Dead was notorious for having the most versions of itself on DVD. Do do y'all remember that? They had, Mm -hmm. it was, uh, and and it wasn't even re-double dips of special editions. It was just, there would be 13 different cases that you could have. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Even even when they re-released them, same thing. Because I have at least four different versions of it. I have one that was like a tin case. I have one that's like (laughs) an actual like it's it's a silicone, uh sorry, a latex uh, necronomicon that has a CD sleeve in the back. That if you push the eyeball, it screams. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's a bit ridiculous.
0: That's the one you would want to order from Amazon because if you got the one from the store, someone had already pushed it ten thousand times. It a million times yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I always preferred the first one. I think I always preferred the more serious tone of the first one. Uh, I, I not until recently I hadn't watched the second one um, more than just a few times. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I always just went with it in terms of that um, them being so closely related, almost remakes. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't know exactly why I just went with it. I always assumed it was because Raimi got more money for it, and then. But now thinking back to it, they probably back before because that was so early '80s. Probably so many people hadn't even seen the first one.
3: Hmm.
0: I'm trying. I'm. I'm not sure exactly when VHS came to market, but I think Evil Dead One might have missed that. So I think anyone who didn't see it in the theater probably didn't see it. But I don't know why that. So. Uh, so maybe those Evil Dead Two theater goers didn't have that same reaction.
2: Reaction. <laughs> yeah, are like this is a new movie yeah and but... maybe they thought
0: well the movie the movie's called evil dead 2 i probably don't need to see the first one anyway
2: yeah that's true yeah that's a that's a good thought because you know i can't even Im- i part of me wishes i had lived more in the 80s because <laughs> it just seems that's like that's my time a, machine thought <laughs> a bit of a more simpler time <laughs> what yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: My, one of my time machine thoughts, sometimes people go, I, I'd go back to Yankee Stadium and watch Mickey Mantle, and I think I, I'd want to go back and watch Friday the 13th movies in the theaters yes! with people who'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And yep. add to that, I would like to be of the mindset of never having seen them before. Like One of the things when I hear about young people and they're going to go watch Scream for the first time, I think, well, that, that's great, but you're, you've seen all the movies that ripped off Scream. Mm-hmm. Like It'd be great to see Scream with a fresh mind. I'd like to go watch... A Friday movie having no concept of the 20 years since that have been ripping off Friday.
2: Exactly. Um, Yeah, it was so cool when we were talking to uh, Jess Bradford about Friday the 13th, and she had never actually seen it before. And (laughs) she did not know how it ended, and she was totally like you know, pretty shocked, like, oh, whoa, what the hell, you know, that's obviously not Jason Voorhees, that is a huge pop culture icon, that's an old lady, um, so, yeah, I had that exact same thought, like, it would be so cool to be, like, you know, in my 20s, in the early 80s, and just be able to go see, like, a slasher movie in theaters every weekend, and, like, it just must have been really fun time, um, And it was, you know, horror was, like, that's when it became, like, a massive genre. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know what I was going to say. It it would have been really hard to track down, like, any kind of movie that's, like, remotely obscure back then. Like, where would you find it? Like... (laughs) i don't even know like if trying to find evil dead like because you see evil dead 2 like but where's the first one you know did it ever come out or that'd be so frustrating like just never knowing like right now you can pretty much know anything in like five minutes so how'd they do it (laughs) how did they live
3: I know we're, we're, we live in such a world of instant gratification, and we can find anything at any time, to you know, at any given moment, legally and illegally. I mean, we have things, you know, Pirate Bay and things like that for stuff that you can't readily just search for. But ninety percent of the things nowadays, if you just like you were saying, you you see it on Vudu, they're three, four dollars now. I mean, it, you don't have to go to the movie store and buy something for fifteen, sixteen dollars. In order to watch it now, you know, you can just spend three dollars, rent something for two days, and never have to worry about a late fee. <laughs> and you can just watch it and be done with it, you know. Or if you want to spend the fourteen ninety nine on it to have it as a digital copy, or if you want to get the physical DVD copy, you can still go do that. But it's like you said that it wasn't something that was readily available at any given time, so you couldn't just. Be like, hey, I'm gonna pop in Evil Dead. You wanna watch it with me? Like, Christ, we can have viewing parties now. Like, if I owned the DVD, we could set it up on Facebook to have a live stream, and all of us could watch it. I know,
2: it's
1: crazy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why
1: Why didn't we do that? Because we.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We could do it until another podcast I listened to started doing it. Yeah, Um, I listened to a podcast called The ABCs of Horror, and they started doing it um, once a week. They they do like a a viewing party. If somebody owns one of a DVD of a movie that they're going to review on the podcast, they put it up on their Facebook page. That's fun. So, so I've caught I've caught a couple of weird obscure movies doing that. So,
2: it maybe like that's part of what gave this movie such like mystique because it was so. Mm hard to find, and, like, you'd kind of hear about it from, like, word of mouth, so it's like, if you knew about this movie or had seen it, like, you're probably the only person in your town until, like, you tell other people, um, which is kind of cool, it, it I believe, probably,
3: I was gonna say, I believe this was also on the video nasties list.
2: I think so, yeah. So,
3: yeah, so, I mean, rightfully, rightfully so, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> But since that didn't really affect the U.S. too much, but it did affect over it did affect Europe more than us. But it because it was on that list, it was even harder to find.
2: Right. Yeah. Probably. You know.
3: It also gave it like this mysterious. Oh, it's on the video nasty list. Exactly. Because you read that list now and you're like, all right, whatever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. There's some movies on there. I'm like, how? Why? It yeah. makes no sense. We've
3: seen, we've seen Human Centipede. Fine. We're fine.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like you tell a teenager not to do something, they're going to want to do it. It's like mm-hmm. you tell a bunch of horror fans, like, oh, you can't watch these movies. They're going to want to find them. Um, yep. And yeah, that's probably, you know how there's like this elitism in horror now, or always, but it still exists. Back then it probably was even more so because you might be the only one of your friends that had ever heard of this movie. And nowadays it's like Mm kind of hard to be like that. Like I had one really weird, obscure movie I watched when I was like 15 and I had never, ever seen anyone else mention it anywhere or seen it mentioned anywhere online. And somebody in our movie group was watching it. And I was like, Oh my God, one other person in the world has seen this movie. That's so weird. It's called horror house on highway nine. it's like a bunch it's like I don't even remember the plot there's like Richard Nixon masks uh that's all I remember about it but somebody was watching it I was like oh my god like some other person stumbled across this horrible and obscure like 80s slasher movie um it's cool and it, like so it must have been even like doubly exciting back then to like connect with somebody that like have the same interest as you because you can't just find them online like you have to actually find them in person and like <laughs> get around to the point where you're like so do you like movies full of murder <laughs> yeah that'd, that'd be kind of awkward
3: <laughs> like, so there's this movie that i want to show you and everybody goes uh-huh. uh-huh it's about some kids and it was funny because you were saying you know all the movies that have ripped off this genre uh, style of movie, we literally have the movie Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) So it's like... And it's funny because the musical, the opening number for the Evil Dead musical is Cabin in the Woods. It's called Cabin in the Woods. And it's literally the entire cast singing about going up to the cabin in the woods with their, you know, Cheez-Its and their pot and their... (laughs) I'm trying to remember the lyrics to the song, but I can't ever see the cover of the movie Cabin in the Woods in my DVD collection and not instantly start singing that song. (laughs) And even watching these movies, there are... uh, I played Cheryl in the movie, in the movie, in the show, and in the movie Cheryl has, um, she gets possessed and her lines are um, why have you disturbed our sleep, why have you woken us from our ancient slumber and that's literally the song that I sang was word for word exactly that (laughs) so it was it was hard to watch these movies having done the show recently and not like a start repeating lines and doing the scenes over and again but just start singing the songs randomly for no reason i bet the songs (laughs) randomly for no reason anyway but it was worse while i was watching the movies
2: i bet Yeah, the whole, like, um, Ash and, like, this whole universe, it's, like, it's like weird comfort food to me, like, comfort movie. Yep. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's, like, it's just, it's not going to change. Like, it's always going to be the same weird level of, like, campiness and, like, ultra-violence, completely unbelievable stuff is going on. But it's not actually scary. You don't actually, like you know, it doesn't actually look remotely like something that could really happen. Um, So it's like, it's comforting in that way. And it's like, I can watch this and I, you know, I'm not going to feel like, it's not going to make me feel anxious. It's just like, returning to like your friends. Like, it's like Mm -hmm. almost the same as like watching like a show you've seen a million times. And it was so much fun when, you know, Ash vs. Evil Dead came out because it was like a <laughs> with the damn girl. it was like a horror movie, like a horror nerd like dream come true. Like, you know, thirty odd years after the movie, they're making an, a a TV series based on it, and like with the same character, the same actor, and like it still was like just as good.
3: Hmm. I also enjoyed that because um sam raimi and rob taper had a lot to do with ash versus evil dead we got lucy lawless back i know <laughs> and damn that <laughs> woman is a vampire she has not aged a freaking day since she did Z- i know
2: it's crazy i'm like what are you like what supplements are you taking lucy lawless
3: i know like i, know, like, I, I gotta get on on this what is going what is going on with this
1: she must be bathing in virgin's blood because she does full nudity in Spartacus not that I'm super pervy or anything but she does she does full nudity in Spartacus and wow <laughs> i've I've never looked that good you know, at twenty nine and she looks that good at like, 50. I know it's crazy um and it's
2: just like her and like Bruce Campbell together was like so it's just like yes this is how it should be Magical. like it. Should always have been like this. Um, It was just like, I don't know, uh, my dad and I, that we watched every episode of that show together. It was like our weird bonding thing. And we would laugh so hard at the, like, disgusting things that would happen. Um, (laughs) Like the baby inside the woman's body that's, like, sticking its head out of her neck hole and the other hole... (laughs) oh my god we're just like dying laughing watching it and it's like you know a person that like doesn't get it watching this would be like what the fuck is wrong with you people (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah. anyone who had never seen the movies who would only were just coming in and watching the TV show would not understand the humor that the TV show has at all as the humor is so reminiscent of the ash from army of darkness where he's just a bitter you know he's like i i can't deal with this shit anymore (laughs) like i just i'm done you know like the pit wench comes after him and he's like i'm done i'm done with this shit let's go let's move on you know (laughs) it's like like still to this day i have my one of my text message tones for one of my best friends is bruce campbell saying groovy (laughs) so it's like you know it, it's 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 iconic in its own way and it's iconic for being what it is but it's also iconic for being as cheesy as it is as well as as good as it is
1: I definitely had uh, this is my boomstick as my ringtone <laughs> for ages yeah it's definitely one of the movies that I
2: quote more than like more than many other movies like it's one of the movies I quote the most Like without even thinking about it you know Mm -hmm. And it is like, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's kind of weird that they just, it's weird and cool that they were like, now for the third one, let's do something completely different, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and went so like outside the box, but it like totally worked and it's the funniest of the three and it's the most quotable of the Mm -hmm. three. Um, I just have to wonder like what they, like if they had new writers or what, um, I don't really know but it is like i can't think of a line from evil dead but i can think of like 50 from army of darkness
3: yep, yep. same and the, the really the only lines that i know from the original movie are the ones that are in the musical so it's the ones that are drawn specifically from it so it's it's not that it's not memorable it's just they don't stick in your head as good as yoshi bitch let's go you know like <laughs> 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 There are just some things that stick in your head. Now, um, what are your thoughts, uh, everybody's thoughts, on the alternate ending to Army of Darkness?
2: I don't know if I know what the alternate ending is actually. So,
3: so, so uh, the alternate ending is he drinks he drinks the vial of potion. He says the words, and just like he just like when he takes the book, something goes wrong. So instead of him sleeping for the 300 years or whatever he's supposed to sleep for to get back to modern time, he actually sleeps all the way until the apocalypse. And he wakes up and comes out of the, um, out of a cave and basically does the, you know, you blew it all up, you damn dirty apes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <whole thing>. yep. <laughs> yep.
2: So is that what, uh, the end, the end of Ash versus evil dead is like referencing?
3: I believe so. I haven't finished the entirety of Ash vs. Evil Dead, but I have heard about the ending.
2: Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler.
0: (laughs) I haven't...
3: The show's over. Yeah, that's
2: true.
0: (laughs) I'm on season two of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, I'm jealous. But I thought that the... (laughs) I, that's how I... I, Yeah, I know that feeling. I'm watching The Shining for the first time. I go, ah, you're so lucky.
2: I know. Um...
0: I thought that the beginning of Ash vs. Evil Dead um played off the theatrical version of the ending of Army of Darkness with the shootout in the supermarket which confused mm-hmm. me because the DVD of Army of Darkness that came out the boomstick edition they called it the director's yeah. cut and so that which implies that oh this is Sam Raimi's preferred version the ending where he go where he takes the potion and he wakes up 5000 years later. So I thought but then when I saw the beginning of Ash versus Evil Dead I thought, "Oh, so they're saying that no, the way that Army of Darkness ended is what is this is canon."
2: Mm-hmm. It was kind of confusing, so, yeah. I'm like I kind of like Yeah.
0: I like the supermarket shootout.
2: Mhm. too
0: So I felt one conflicted one when they called the director's, director's cut the one with the the longer ending.
2: Yeah, that is weird. He's like, we'll get to that. Give us a couple years. (laughs) Yeah. Hold
1: on. Hold on.
3: We'll get there.
2: (laughs) I was so... uh, I, I don't really watch TV that much anymore, and I don't really, you know, watch it on any schedule. I just watch it whenever I feel like just watching something. That's, like, the one show that we watched, like, every week, like, the night it came on, and then, like, the night of the finale. I was actually pretty sad. I was like... I was like, "Oh, don't retire, Ash! Like, please, just keep doing this till you till you die."
3: <laughs> I feel like, though, even though he said he's gonna retire, Ash, I feel like there's gonna be a situation where there there'll be either enough money involved or a good enough script that he'll bring it back. Um, I, not necessarily fully as the Ash Williams character, but maybe as you know, in something else, and it's he directly references it or says lines from it or something. Um, as, as I love Bruce Campbell to death, but we all know that eventually he's just gonna need a paycheck, right?
2: <laughs> so, I mean, he's been doing he's been needing a paycheck for years. for years,
3: for years. I mean, yeah, he did burn notice for all for the entire run of that, but after that, it was kind of like, and,
2: and now, what? now he's, what? He's been in some weird, kind of <laughs> crappy movies. Like, did you ever see Serving Sarah?
3: No, I thought you were going to say
2: Bubba Hotel. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> such a crappy movie, and Bruce Campbell was in it. And I was, like, the only reason I watched it. And I
1: was like, why is he in this? It's Yeah. I recently remembered that after uh, Xena, Brisco- he did a oh, show called I was going to say Brisco Eyes. County.
3: Entire DVD box set.
1: Really? I've never
3: heard. <laughs> yep, Jack of All Trades um, and Briscoe County. Those were, like, ugh. Oh, those were such... So, so near and dear to my heart when those those aired in the 90s. I never saw them. All because
1: of Bruce Campbell. I'm so sad that you're married. Wow. They were
2: good. I never saw either of them. I've actually never even heard of Jack of All Trades.
3: What was his character's name on Xena?
1: Atolicus. I mean, well, I no, it was Atollicus. But Autolicus. I mean, Jack of
3: All Trades was basically if his character from Xena had was in, like, the Old West. Mm-hmm.
1: I've actually never seen so. Dina either. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my wow, God. that's something you need to fix immediately. I have it all on DVD because it's the greatest TV show ever made. But, uh, you know, that's for my TED talk <laughs> Why?
2: <laughs> Why? Um, I, I did... speak uh, uh, Back to what I was saying about, you know, Ash going bye-bye. I... Saw like sometime after that show ended, Fede Alvarez, who did the the remake ish, he said he was would consider doing like a sequel to the remake, so that would be cool. you guys want to get in?
1: Yeah, he said he's not hey, going to. Though. Don't you kill my so, dreams? Um, the last. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> During the
3: World Cup, he actually tweeted out that if um, I think it was. It's some some random country that I can't think of that off of my head. If they won the game that was on that night that he would consider doing the sequel, and they won the game by like 18 points, it was like some ridiculous score. So like all of a sudden Twitter was like, we're gonna get a sequel! And he's like, you yeah, know. <laughs> Sorry guys.
1: Yeah, they were like, he's gonna do a sequel to his, and then Raimi's gonna do Army of Darkness 2, and then there's gonna be a seventh movie that's gonna merge the stories, but uh, I think they just did Ash vs. Evil Dead instead. But you never
2: know. (laughs) Like, ten years from now, it might happen.
3: (laughs) And it's like, and and they have said that basically Ash vs. Evil Dead is Evil Dead 4. And that's it. You're done. You're not gonna get anything beyond
2: that. I know. But, okay, I just, even though you guys haven't seen the ending, um, just the way they ended it, it did not wrap it up nicely, you know. It just, it left us with hope like that was gonna continue on in some way um, which really well, pissed me off
0: That's it wasn't they didn't end it did they it was cancelled
2: yeah but I think they knew so like pretty far in advance that it was finale. gonna be cancelled uh, cause like season 2 had like really low ratings and so I don't know but they just the ending was like come on man at least make like a follow-up movie, like your David Lynch or something. <laughs> yeah, TV. yeah, TV
3: movie. Like they <laughs> just don't do what they did with Torchwood, and we'll be we'll be fine. What do you What do you mean? Miracle Day was horrible. Oh, I never
2: watched it. I never finished Torchwood because yes, I got bored of it. I guess the first season was good, but I got over it. Um, you guys want to get into the remake? Um, yeah.
1: yeah, I really do. I really do because uh, the one, <laughs> the one thing I have to say about the remake um, is that when I when I, so I watched the remake first and then watched Evil Dead, and the one big thought I had comparing the two movies is, wow, they saw that tree rape scene, and when you yep. know what we need a bigger, better tree yep. rape scene, like it's it's weird and silly enough in the first one. But to make it so serious and graphic in the remake, it's one of the only things I yeah, didn't like it was about really
2: strange. Like, what is this even? What's what's the point of this really? Like, the original one, it was silly. It wasn't actually scary. But in this one, it was like really creepy and uncomfortable. You know.
3: Even in the first movie I mean that was the one that was one of the things that everybody talked about though about that movie was like oh my god did you see the tree rape scene you know like that was the thing that made everybody like oh we gotta see this movie and I was actually this is gonna sound horrible but I was looking forward to it in the remake because I wanted to see how they were gonna change it make it worse or make it better so I wasn't looking forward to it like oh yay the tree rape scene it was kind of like one of those hi, huh, I wonder what they're gonna do because I was very, very excited when they announced um, in the middle of production, Fede Alvarez came out on Twitter and said, a lot of our effects are going to be practical effects. So I was very excited about that because, as we all know, horror right now is just, for the past like 20 years, has been nothing but freaking bad CGI. So it was, it, it was nice to see that somebody was going to make the effort to do practical effects. Um, and that scene in particular was just like the original scene was like ooh ah this scene was like I was like kind of like I'm gonna look over here now <laughs> like uh, I'm gonna do one of these like through that through the fingers type thing and I was just like whoa
2: nope so how do you guys that saw the you know original one first how did you originally feel when you saw the remake
3: I really liked it um I had uh, my initial viewing of it was in theater and I was with a whole uh, theater full of freaks that all wanted to see it just as much as I did and we all had a great time watching it we all stayed till the end of the credits to see Bruce Campbell at the end of the credits and you know it was one of those woohoo this is great upon subsequent viewings I was kind of like it's okay it's not as good as the originals it's uh, good for shock value and on, upon this rewatch of it again I was like it has some really good scenes and it has some really good interesting things when the sister's down in the basement and she's possessed a lot of her line readings and a lot of the things that she does and says are really freaking creepy and, they're, and she's just perfect as the demon and it's funny, because I actually think she's a better actress possessed <laughs> than, she is, than possessed. she is not
0: possessed.
3: Right. <laughs> I was kind of like, huh, huh, you know. Um, overall, though, it was just kind of... it. I don't want to say it was to the level of the Star Wars prequels for hype buildup and then letdown, but it was kind of along those lines upon subsequent viewings, for me at least.
0: I I did I saw it in theaters as well and I was not fond of it when I saw it then. I had a couple I had a few pet peeves watching it and also I just I didn't think it had sort of I guess the intangible it factor because I didn't think it was terrible and I wasn't angry at it like it didn't feel like a cash grab. It felt like they really tried to make a good movie and I didn't I wasn't Put off by the more serious tone, I thought that was actually probably a smart way to go because you can't really top people that Two. It wouldn't be, you would just pale in comparison. Um, but I, I didn't care about anybody in the movie. I didn't care about any of the characters. They, they, they it's not they weren't bad, but it was just kind of
2: I just. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I kind of <laughs> yeah, felt overall, the same way when I first saw it.
0: Yeah. I really wanted to re uh to like it when I rewatched it. I was really rooting for it. Uh I was hoping that some time and a second viewing would do it, but uh, not crazy about it this last time I watched it. Some of the opening some of the dialogue in the beginning, not the whole movie but specifically the beginning, I thought was just uh, felt um a little bit contrived. I think it was just boring uninteresting. I did like the drug angle. I liked that they actually came up with a decent reason for them to be in a cabin as opposed to just people going to a cabin for fun because that's been done so many times uh, oh I in my notes I wrote regarding that the tree rape scene I wrote weird tree rape reminds me of I, I wrote Slither that, um, <laughs> do you remember, um, I'm trying to think it was Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth what's her name the Blonde, and then Michael Rooker, I think?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Slither's yeah. Great film.
0: And I'm not sure if it was Slither or not, but there's there was some, or and I wrote, or what other movie? Some movie where, uh, like, the people who are demons have, like, things that come out of their mouths, and they, like, like tentacles that come out of their mouths and are creepy to people. And I don't think that they rape people with them. I think that they go in their mouths, though, and, like, steal their soul or convert them. But I thought the tree rape scene... I. I think they did a good job because it, it was so weird of how, like, yeah, how do you handle that? How do you either not? How do you either, like, how do you not be flipping about it? But how do you also do something that's sort of fantastic and also just a kind of a touchy subject, and then and have that not distract from the rest of your movie if you are trying to make a good movie? Yep. Like, I, I was actually surprised that they even did it. That they even that they didn't just go, "We'll just take the easy route and not even." not even approach this and just focus on, on the rest of the movie. Cause it was, it's a notable part of the first movie, but it's not necessary to the story. If they didn't have it in there, they could still do everything else that they did.
2: Yeah. Um, I, they probably just felt like it was an iconic scene that like huge fans of the genre would be like waiting for
1: <laughs> and like
2: might get pissed off if they cut it out because it's like a, problematic type of thing um, I mean that's my only guess and it was really strange that makes sense um, it was really strange that they still kept it in there in my opinion because it was kind of it was I don't know it just wasn't necessary
0: yeah if if, if I were making that movie and I had the concern of I don't want to, people to get upset that I, that I didn't include it I would have put it right up front just to get yeah opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> just to get it over with and then go check that box now we're moving they're not
2: on. even at the cabin yet
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah She's just in her, in her backyard done that because i mean
3: well they, they, it's like the opening of the movie is that is the girl that's yeah. in the basement and she gets burned they totally could have mm-hmm. shown a flashback montage sequence of how she got possessed with the tree rape then to, into getting caught get into the basement she gets burned poof we're in modern day mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it could have been like the opening to a supernatural episode now. then
2: and
3: <laughs> now and we're done you we don't have to worry about true, it true yeah that's a good idea huh. um, I'm all about the 80s, about the 80s montages let's so just throw that in there and I know
2: they're so helpful they're so helpful yeah, for me that doesn't like understand what's montage. going on like how do you get so good at karate <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs>
3: Did you ever see the robot chicken episode where they do the montage man? Uh, <laughs> we have to build a house Call montage man. He's a superhero and he's like, I'm here. And they come in and they play the song and they literally do a montage of them like building the house. And then there's like people standing in the background like, what's going on? I don't understand. Are we in a montage? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Okay, enough on that. The The
2: best montage ever is from Wet Hot American Summer. The
1: like one minute long, when when they're in the town for an hour. I was talking about the training montage. (laughs) Oh yes, with the patriotic eagle. Yeah, but it's like because it's
2: showing the time, and it's like the montage. Like it during this time, he's like training, trying to get all like strong. He's trying to get the girl or whatever. But it lasts one minute, like the whole training.
1: Wet Hot American Summer is is one of the best satire it's movies like, ever made. And I will fight anybody I've who seen says it, otherwise.
2: So many times, like dumb amount of times.
1: Um,
2: okay, my thoughts on the remake. It's weird. It's one of the really rare movies that like I like it more every time I see it. Because the first time I saw it, you know, I had like, you know, some expectations of what it would be like, and it was totally it was totally different from what I expected. So at the time I was kinda like uh, somewhat disappointed, like, um, you know, I was just like, oh, okay, so there's no, like, real Ash character, you know, and, um, I guess it wasn't as, like, referential as I had expected it to be, and I had expected it to be the same kind of, like, humor, but I've seen it, like, probably three times since then, and it, like, gets better every time, um, just because I'm sort of looking at it as, like, its own movie, like, a horror movie that's, like if they had named it something else, like yeah. it's a really good yeah. horror movie. Like it's fucking freaky. That part in the bathroom is like every single time I'm like, oh, you know. And I was watching it this time around, like by myself, like, oh my god. And I was actually getting like sort of anxious, like, because the chick's like sawing off her own face. I'm just like, ah. Oh! <laughs>
3: well, the, t- the guy taking the needle out. I know. Of the eye trauma, I can't deal with eye trauma, especially anybody with glasses, because my glasses I'm always like, ooh, it's gonna break and go to my eyeball. But like, I will agree with you that it, if it was a different movie, if it wasn't Evil Dead, it would be a great movie. But because it has the legend and the mystique of Evil Dead to leave up to, uh, to live up to, I think that's why I was kind of like, it's there. You know, like, this most recent time that I watched it to talk about it with you guys, I was like, yeah, it's actually a pretty decent movie. It's been a long enough time in between viewings that I was like, yeah, you know, it is a pretty decent horror movie just overall, like, you know, her cutting off her arm with a freaking turkey thing, the, uh, the electric knife is freaking awesome. And, like you said, her carving her face off and everything is really good. But the individual little death scenes are really good, but overall as a movie, I was kind of like, if this was Cabin in the Woods Part 2, I think I would have liked
0: it
2: yeah um (laughs) i thought the ending was like pretty cool because like you think mia's dead you don't think that she's gonna be like the you know final girl like you're kind of being set up to believe it's gonna be um you know shiloh fernandez's character her brother um but then nope like he's dead Nope, it's mia and like the last scene with her fighting against the like evil thing and like the blood rain that was so fucking cool it was so good it's like it's you know sort of paying homage to the original that just had like buckets and buckets of blood but it's actually pretty damn scary and like how she loses her hand under the jeep it's like okay that's believable and it was tense i thought it's it's a pretty good horror movie i just kind of wish that they had just made it a different thing
3: I will say though, when she's in the shed and she goes behind the, like in between the shelf and the wall, and the evil thing takes the machete through, and shoves and it gets through, oh yeah, of the leg, I feel yeah. that like, every time I see the movie, I am like, oh, I can that feel, feel that in my legs, oh
2: yeah. It's it's, it's like, got like creative violence, but it's like yeah. it's really yeah. violent, but it's like just restrained enough and like unique enough that it's like memorable you know it's not just like a whole bunch yeah. of people getting stabbed it's like there's a lot of stuff happening <laughs> yeah.
3: But think, yeah but i also think that like going back to the rape scene really quick i really think that's why they kept that in there though was because like you had said maybe it was because people were gonna hate it maybe because people were gonna but it's it's you needed something that was to trigger the ultraviolence you know and it's like you needed something that Was extremely violent to trigger the rest of it and you couldn't really have her i mean you probably could have come up with another way but there really wasn't another way that she could get infected quote-unquote she could get possessed with you know without her being dead (laughs) pretty much so and so it was kind of i the one thing i really did enjoy about the movie was the reworking of the lore when it came to the book because the original lore behind the book, like on how to kill the Deadites, was basically just dismember just them and you're good to go. And in, in this one, it was, there were very specific things that had to happen. There were very specific rituals that had to happen in order for the evil thing to come into the world. And I liked that because th- in the original movies, it was kind of just there. Wait, and, you know, you just kind of like, you touched the book and, ooh. the evil thing is here so which was fun for those movies but i I liked that there was a specific ritual to everything and that you had to have the burning and you had to have you know the burnt flesh and you had to have you know the slicing of the face off and you had you know all those different things i thought that was kind of an interesting um an interesting twist on the story um like but um like chainsaw had said he didn't really feel like he felt bad for any of the characters i felt bad for the geeky yeah yeah me too because i was like dude you 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 bled on the book you read the book you're the smart one you should have been like yeah i'm just not going to just it's wrapped in in freaking you know <laughs>
2: like just it the over there he like, he had that. a lot of really shitty things happen to him before he finally died <laughs> I know. I like know. he got it bad like he got it like <laughs> um, almost the worst like without actually dying like he got sh- stabbed in the eyeball he got like uh, shot with a Nail gun uh, and all sorts of stuff, and it's just like, geez, like he's not even like the bad guy. <laughs> I know. I, know.
3: <laughs> and I promise not to go off on another nail gun tangent.
0: Oh, do you have a nail gun, a nail gun, tangent? A nail gun tangent? Because that's that um, was one of the pet that was one of the four pet peeves that I have asterisks <laughs> by on my notes. <laughs>
3: Listen to me talk about Final Destination, and you'll hear my nail gun tangent.
0: First off, it's a a hugely overused trope, but then secondly, it's not how nail guns work.
3: Exactly. So just don't use... It's like, even if if you stand there and hold the safety down, it still doesn't work like that. No.
0: Like, drunk dudes on YouTube, you have to get about, like, four inches from your body, and even then, you're not in serious danger. You're just going to... This hurts. It's a drunk stunt. (laughs) You don't defend your home with a nail gun. And and so it's a super overused trope, but it's also not necessary. There's other hmm. there's other ways you could show a person getting injured besides a nail gun, no. and that's that's it's like little things like that that bother me because it's it's showing itself as a serious movie. Like if Evil Dead Two had a nail gun scene, I'd be totally fine with it. But if you're gonna make a yeah. if you're gonna present yourself as a serious horror movie and then you're doing something that's obviously First off, it's again, again overused trope, but then also, it's 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 bullshit. It's not real, and and that same character, his his paper cut. Paper cuts don't drip drip full drops of blood like that. Even if you're anemic, your the blood's just going to come out and run down your finger, but you're not going to get a full full on cinematic splash of blood onto the page of the Evil Dead book. And there's there's other ways that they could have shown him activating the book besides this cartoonish again it just feels it feels like if you're going to be a serious movie horror movie be serious and be realistic don't don't be goofy and in but not in a good not in a way that's played for comedic effect just cheap lazy just lazy writing my other pet peeve is the guy carried. The guy has not shown his Zippo lighter at all in the movie, and then at the very end, to set the cabin on fire, he just happens to have a full Zippo fueled up in his pocket. Yeah. They never. They,
3: oh, that was that. That was my thing. Is that, did they ever did he? Did they ever say anything to the effect of why he knew how to do half of the shit that he knew? How to That's to the do?
0: other like, thing. The MacGyver. He's MacGyver at the end. Yes, Hills Have Eyes like, at this. did this. It's a weird thing. And like since two thousand five, all these horror movies characters at the end all of a sudden have very specialized knowledge to uh, with like rant, with tools that are just strewn about they can create yep. i'm going to make a defibrillator out of a car battery i understand he's he's supposed to be a they 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 gave like one quick line where he's supposed to be some doctor or some like medical student or something but still like i don't think you learn that
2: <laughs> probably not <laughs> Uh, no. yeah, that's like think and about I, the movie. You know
3: I, I vaguely remember there being a line, something to the effect of, um, like he was in the army or like he was like something to that effect, and I was like, yeah, no, that doesn't explain this.
0: <laughs> and and it's not necessary. You don't need to show a character using a car battery to make a defibrillator he could just give her CPR or just something like you don't it's not like oh shit there's no other way for us to explain this and we're just gonna do this ham-fisted thing no there's this was unnecessary just don't include this somebody should have said hey red pen that car battery defibrillator scene it's stupid and the movie's about evil demon possessions it doesn't it doesn't serve any purpose I don't as a viewer I don't think oh well even if I don't care for that I'm sure some other viewers really got a kick out of the defibrillator scene with the car battery
3: And I understand the whole point of it is the only way to survive and kill the thing, the evil thing, whatever the hell it is, is to have been possessed and come back from the dead, basically, is die and then come back. I get the plot point. It was still stupid.
0: (laughs) I would have rather him just put her in a bathtub and, like, throw a toaster in it. Like you can use bad science, but not like ridiculous, fantastic stuff that in, that like real world just looks out of place.
2: Yeah, or like maybe yeah. since the girl, the woman was a nurse, maybe they happen to have like a needle, a syringe of adrenaline or something like that. He could just like yeah. stab into her heart. And that would have made a hell
3: of a lot of sense, especially because they were there for her to go through.
2: Yeah, so, exactly.
3: So. so- You know, if she was – that would be something that if you were going – you would have Narcan, you would have, you know, adrenaline, you would have various – like, you would have the basics of Tylenol. Like, you would have basic things like that. And that would have made absolute sense for them to have an an a needle with adrenaline
2: in it. Right, yeah. Um, Man, you guys are, like, showing me flaws I didn't notice because (laughs) – I don't know. Usually, I mean, unless it's, like, so – like, out of, like, complete realm of possibility, um, I'm probably not going to notice it, especially if it's, like, you know, how a nail gun works, because I don't really use nail guns ever. <laughs> or, like, I don't know. I think I think horror movies allow me to have, like, uh, suspension of disbelief a lot more than other types of movies, just because, you know, there's demons and, like, obviously supernatural stuff, so air, uh, flaws with, like, you know, how... A real life thing works I'm probably not gonna like be paying that close of attention um but I know other people do especially like people like my dad he'll like point out every every flaw in a movie like we saw Blair Witch together in theaters and I was like oh this is totally real because I was like 13 I'm like no this is real I heard it was a real story and um he's like no actually this forest isn't couldn't be this ancient forest because of the way the trees are planted and all this stuff. I was like, come on, Dad. <laughs> 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 Just allow me to, like, have my, you know, stupid childish a dad. <laughs> fantasy. Dad. So I know. He, he always would do that. But strangely, would not do it during Ash vs. Evil Dead, where there's, like, a lot of, like, realist- <laughs> ridiculous things happening.
3: <laughs> but like you said, though, but it, it, because it's a horror movie, it's inherently not real. So you don't want to nitpick it as much. But on the other side of it, because we watch horror movies so much, we tend to nit- nitpick it more anyway, just because. You know, because, you know, we know what we like, what we don't like in horror, and we know what, like James said, you can use bad science. Bad science is perfectly fine. That's like, you know, sci-fi, horror, and fantasy are built on bad science. So you might as well just use it, And but... Latently, something that is not gonna you know fit against the laws of physics. Eh, you're 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 stretching it a bit for me, <laughs> even with demons being
0: involved. Well, and and the and how unnecessary the chain gun or the nail gun was. Just take a two by four and just boom. Just you can have like blunt force trauma is so much more violent and visceral than nail gun.
2: True. Uh, Yeah, I think they were just trying to, like, make use of, like, sort of, like, things that would naturally be in, like, a cabin, a crappy old cabin. Yeah, Yeah, like, you know, tools and things like that. But use a hammer. I mean, you know, if you have a nail gun, you likely have other tools, like a hammer, a crowbar, just use one of those, and it's, like, way more realistic. to be more realistic from here on out. Oh, also, I think they uh, did the nail gun thing because um, you know, that guy was just continuously getting hurt and hurt and hurt, but he wasn't like hurt to the point of dying at that point in time. So, I think that's kind of why they did something like that where he's getting like injured in a really like sort of uh, you know, like you said, like visceral way, like, oh my god, like that, it hurts just looking at that. But he's not dying, like he's not like bleeding out.
0: I would have liked to see the demon take an actual ha- and hammer into his face by hand. Yeah, like like right place right. the nail and go boom, 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 and like get her thumb once and then like do the thing like ah oh, that smarts and then go back and hammer him again.
2: Well, you have to like actually have him like lay down and like wait for you to do that. <laughs>
3: Especially because she only had one arm at that point That's in time, true, so. that's true.
2: That'll be a
1: problem. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, all right, problems.
1: guys, sorry to sorry to interrupt, but okay. uh, I gotta go. It's taco time. No <gasps> problem. In the Elling household. I think we're wrapping up soon
2: anyways. You guys have anything else you want to throw in there?
3: Um, go see Evil Dead the Musical if it's anywhere around you. Um, If you go to evildeadthemusical.com, they will literally tell you every city that it's going to be in every year. Um, Watch all of the Evil Dead movies, especially Army of Darkness because it's freaking hysterical. And
2: that's all I got. Well, Samara, thank you for joining me. Chainsaw Pete, thank you for joining as usual, lovely Kate Elling. Thank you for listening to this special Halloween episode. And we will see you Sometime in the future. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Everybody. Bye. Bye bye now. Farewell.